Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. It was back in the 80s that uh, I attended Pensacola Christian College graduate school program. The highlight of the week for me was to go to the Wednesday night church service. The campus pastor there was Dr. Bob Taylor. I loved it. I loved his preaching and I loved him. Uh, Quite a bit older than me at that particular time and I just ate it up. To be honest, I hate to say it, but it's true that the preaching I was under back in Baton Rouge was, well, it wasn't the same. His preaching was, was easy to understand. It, it was thoughtful. It, it, it gripped your heart. You learned something. You went away better than when you came in. And I just love that man. He, he, his demeanor, his humility, his godliness, everything about him. I, I just loved it. And... After being pastor here for a number of years, I got up to enough courage. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to invite him up here to preach. I can do that. Bob Taylor? I'll be a little intimidated, but I can have him come up. At that time, he had left Pensacola. He was pastoring in the Indianapolis, Indiana area. And he was just so kind and so gracious. He said, I would love to. He didn't know me. He said, I would, I would love to. And I don't know how it worked out at the time, but we had him stay at our house with us. I mean, I'm like in awe. I mean, it'd be like you having your favorite athlete of all time, you know, with you or whoever you admire. Just think of the person you admire the most. I mean, forget me, whoever's second most. No, but he's in my house. Bob Taylor is in my house. He and his wife both. So gracious, so loving, so kind, so encouraging. You know, I'm an early riser. And that morning, the next morning, I'm up early. I'm drinking coffee. We're blessed to live on a little lake, and the sun's coming up over the lake. And all of a sudden, I hear a voice. It says, I smell coffee. It's Pastor Taylor in my house. It's, it's not even, it's just daylight's just breaking. He said, Mind if I join you? I said, Come in. And fixed him a cup of coffee. And he sat down, just me and him, in, the, in the, just the twilight of the morning. And, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this is unreal. This is like the coolest thing ever. Bob Taylor's at my house. We're drinking coffee, watching the sun come up. You can experience something far greater than that every single day. If you're talking to God when the sun comes up. And you can. Can you fathom the thought that the creator God of all the the universe, the God we read about in the life of Abraham, the God we read about in the life of Jacob and Isaac, the the God in in the story of of, of Job, you know, the, the, the God that parts the Red Sea, you can talk with him and he wants to talk with you? As much as I was alone there with Bob Taylor talking to him, just as real as that event was, can be the event you can have tomorrow. 
of talking with God. Last week we preached about praying everywhere, pray without ceasing. And we said you can pray anywhere, anytime, for any reason, under any circumstances. It's not limited. But it's also true that the Lord emphasized private or what we will call secret prayer. He teaches that in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 5. You can read behind me. This is the Lord teaching his followers. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. And that's kind of sarcasm. You know, they're, they're going to get what's coming to them for their hypocrisy. He says, but thou, now you're going to do something different. When thou prayest, enter into thy closet, a, a private place. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. We're talking this morning about, and we're going to describe it the way the Lord is describing it here. We're talking about secret prayer. What is secret prayer? Secret prayer simply is private conversation between just you and God, as opposed to public prayer, which is prayer between you and God with others listening. Private prayer is just you and God. A public prayer would be like asking the blessing before the meal and the families gathered around the table. That's a public prayer. Private prayer is when you are alone with God and nobody else is hearing but him. Jesus was most prone to secret prayer. In fact, in my study for this, I was kind of surprised. I I wanted to find all the Bible examples of Jesus in his public praying. I could find two public prayers of Jesus. Now, maybe if you find others, please let me know. The two I found was when he was hanging on the cross, Father, forgive them, and when he asked the blessing. Now, that that doesn't mean those are the only two times he prayed publicly. I'm sure he prayed many more than that. But as far as what's recorded in Scripture, you're hard-pressed to find them. But what you will find more of is him in his private prayer when he gets away to pray. For example, Matthew chapter 14, verse number 23. This is after Jesus had fed the multitude. And Jesus... And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him into the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. This is intentional. He sends people away. He is intentionally, on purpose, getting alone. He went up into a mountain apart to pray, and when the evening was come, he was there alone. More often it talks about him getting away alone to pray than it mentions him praying in public. I think that's significant. From these passages we just read, the one in Matthew chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 14, we see that Jesus spent time alone in prayer with God. And we see that Jesus taught that you should spend time alone with God when he says, go into your closet. Now, that doesn't mean, and I want to emphasize this, that doesn't mean that public praying is wrong. I mean, I've already prayed publicly here twice this morning in this pulpit. Warren Wearsby, one of my favorite Bible commentators, said, and I quote, it is not wrong to pray in public, in the assembly, or even when blessing food or seeking God. 
But he does add this, but it is wrong to pray in public if we are not in the habit of praying in private. Because then you become hypocritical, like the hypocrites that Jesus was condemning. Now, the Lord did warn us that there can be dangers in public prayer. There can be real dangers in public prayer. And any of you that have been called on to pray publicly, you could probably sense that. Because how do we start thinking? It, 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 it's not so much, and this is, I guess, human nature. When we're asked to pray publicly, we're not often thinking about, okay, this, I have a chance to talk with, with God here publicly. It's a lot of times, and again, human nature, can I pray? Are people going to laugh at me? What are people going to think? L- listen, in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 5, the Lord talks about this. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you again, they have their reward. He talks about a couple different dangers when we pray publicly. One is hypocrisy, that you're praying publicly and you know in your heart you haven't prayed privately in a coon's age, as we might say down south. So there's a danger of hypocrisy in public prayer, and there's also the danger of pride in public prayer, of being more concerned about how you sound and what others are going to think than really what you're communicating to God. It's not wrong to pray in public, but we have to be very cautious when we're praying in public concerning our credibility and our motives. The greater emphasis in Scripture, though, is private prayer. It's primarily what Jesus did, not all of what Jesus did, and it's what Jesus taught. I like this quote from Matthew Henry concerning private prayer. That he, Jesus, was alone, he went apart into a solitary place and was there all alone. Though he had so much work to do with others, yet he chose sometimes to be alone, in Henry's opinion, to set us an example. He had it recorded, he had it preserved, that he would get alone to pray, setting us an example. You know, we're supposed to be like Jesus, so that means we too should have alone time with God in prayer. And one other writer said, no man is or ought to be so deeply immersed in the affairs of this world as not to be able to retire from them now and then into his closet or his private prayer place. Let me give you this morning real quickly three important reasons why this topic of secret prayer is important to you. Not talking about the person sitting to your left, right, in front of you, or behind you. This is something important to you. And either you're going to get it or you're going to go out of here an invalid as, as it relates to your prayer life. I don't want anybody to leave out of this room here this morning an invalid when it comes to our secret prayer with God. So let me give you three reasons that I hope will challenge you, inform you, and motivate you. Maybe you've never had a prayer, a private prayer life in your life. And I'm hoping this morning the Word of God will change your life. Number one, secret prayer is of importance to you because it's a duty. It's a duty. And duties are important. What's the definition of a duty? A duty is a task of action that someone is required to perform. And so when a duty isn't performed, everybody suffers. For example, I have a duty to be prepared on Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, and Wednesday nights to preach. That's my duty. That's my responsibility. 
And if I don't fulfill that duty to the very best of my responsibility, then it's going to hurt you and me. That's a duty I have. Prayer is a duty. The Lord told us last week, pray without ceasing. That's not a suggestion. That is a duty given to us by God. And should we fail to perform our prayers, should we fail to have our private secret prayer life, we are failing in that duty. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse number 6. But when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, when thou prayest. I mean, that, in other words, Jesus is teaching that as a given. Not if you pray, but when you pray. Like, it's a duty. You don't have a choice. It's a duty that's either you're fulfilling or you're being negligent of. And to your own peril. And to the peril of others. So why is it that secret prayer is a duty? Well, three things. One, it's commanded. It says when you go into your closet, when you go to pray. Because number two, it was modeled by Jesus and whatever he did, we're supposed to emulate. And number three, because it's indispensable to the religious life of the soul. It is, it's like I talked about, flowers need water, flowers need rain. We need prayer. We need the richness of prayer and what it brings to our life. A life without prayer, a prayerless life, is can't be anything other than weak and anemic. So understand, number one, the importance of you having a dedicated secret time of prayer with God. You need to understand it is a duty. Don't shirk that duty. You're going to have to work at it, and there's going to be some times you slip up and you miss it, but accept that as a duty and don't try to explain it away. Don't try to excuse it. So, number one, secret prayer is of importance to you because it is a duty. Number two, Secret prayer is of importance to you because it is a privilege. It's a privilege. And really, quite quite frankly, privileges should be always taken advantage of. What do we mean by privilege? Here's a definition of the word privilege. A privilege is a special right, advantage, or in some cases an immunity granted or available only to a particular person our group. And it just stands to reason when you're granted a privilege, you should take advantage of it. In fact, in most cases, it would be wrong to not take advantage of some privilege that someone of note has given you. <clears throat> you squander something of value when someone gives you what everybody would consider, oh, that's a privilege. Certainly you take advantage of that. When Sharon and I were flying back uh, from... Uh, Louisiana, you know, we went down for the conference and then spent some time with my mom. We were in the airport in New Orleans, and it's like way early in the morning. We had to be there. I forget what time. It's, it's early in the morning. And we, we get there early, and we're there at the gate. And finally, this lady, you know how they, if you fly, you know, some attendant comes to the gate and starts getting things ready for the passengers to disembark. And this lady comes up there, and, you know, I'm six foot four. Planes are about three inches apart, the seats are. So I have learned that on the exit rows, the space is a little bigger. 
And whenever I can, I try to get on an exit row. It just makes a flight so much, so much better. So I've learned, go up to the, the desk there and ask the lady, hey, can you put me on an exit row? And so I did that. I Whenever I told Sharon, I said, I'm going to go up there and ask. I'm going to beg, plead, whatever I got to do to get on an exit row. I'm going to do it. So I go up, and, and the lady, and just, just a sweet lady, she, she says, I'm going to take care of you. She says, what's your name? She took my name down. She says, I'll, I'll call you up in a second. So 20, 25 minutes go by, you know, uh, paging Glenn McMorris. Could you come to the desk, please? By this time, the gate is crowded. So I go up, and she says, here, I've taken care of you. You're, you're going to be s- seated, you and your wife are going to be seated in the comfort plus section. I went back and told Sharon, I said, we're sitting in the comfort plus section. We not only have comfort, we have plus comfort in our section. (laughs) I'd have been crazy not to take advantage of that. Actually, it wasn't a whole lot different from any other seat, to be honest. It was a little... It was a little wider, and I, I was grateful for that, but call it Comfort Plus, I think that was a little bit of, of, of false advertising there. It, it, but but I, I took advantage of it. No way would I say, uh-uh, I'm not going to do it. No. You want to put me in Comfort Plus? No. Do you have like a cattle section that I can just get into? No. I took advantage of it, and I was, I was very grateful for it. Failure to pray would be failure to take advantage of a real privilege. I mean, lost people don't pray. The only prayer that a lost person can pray is a prayer for salvation and forgiveness of sins. God will hear that prayer. But they're not his children. He's not going to grant them things that he would grant his children as you would grant your children. Failure to pray would be a failure to take advantage of the greatest privilege of all, the privilege of prayer. Look at what it says in Matthew 6, 6. But... When thou prayest, okay, it's a duty. It says, pray to thy Father which is in secret. Pray to your Father. Pray to your Heavenly Father. Pray to the God of the universe. He's in secret. He's in private. You can talk to him privately. Why is secret prayer a privilege? Well, number one, because it's communion with God. I mean, you, you, you know, I thought it was a privilege to talk to Pastor Taylor. And that was wonderful, but that pales in comparison that I can tonight, tomorrow, anytime, get away and be alone with God because it is granted only to believers, as I just mentioned a while ago, and because it's priceless, alone time with God. I remember I had some alone time with my dad when he was in the nursing home. It was just me and him, just shortly before he passed away. And those were priceless, just me and him. Nobody, no other family there. Just, just, just the two of us. And that, that time was priceless. Don't pass out the privilege of having priceless time with God. So where are we this morning? I want to motivate you to help you realize what you have available to you. Number one, secret prayer is of importance to you because it is a duty. Secret prayer is of importance to you because it is a privilege. And lastly, number three, secret prayer is of importance to you because it has benefits. It has benefits. I mean, anytime you get a benefit, you ought to take advantage of it. You ought to appreciate it. What's a benefit? A benefit is something that produces good or helpful results or effects or or, or that promotes well-being. 
benefits should be appreciated by those whom they are bestowed. And failure to appreciate benefits might cause you to miss out and not take advantage of those benefits. You know, I think a great benefit that, that people have is the, the ability to go to a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church. I mean, that benefits you in so many ways. There are so many ways. You, you learn how to be a better person. You learn how to be a better husband, a better wife. You overcome addictions. You, 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 you're better able to realize the temptations that are out there and avoid them, to have a more blessed, more holy, more happy, more secure life. And if you fail to appreciate those benefits, then chances are you're not going to take advantage of them. And according to this, when you fail to pray, you're going to miss out on benefits. I mean, if you could imagine, they're in some storage room in heaven, a bunch of benefits that the Lord had for you that you missed out on because you simply wouldn't talk to him. That doesn't even make sense. Well, it, it, it says in verse number six, at the end of that verse, and thy father which seeth in secret, sees you privately, shall reward thee openly. Now, I'm pretty simple, pretty basic. There, I see that it equates secret prayer with God with benefits. And Two and two tells me if you're not involved in secret prayer with God, you're missing out on benefits. What are the benefits of secret prayer? Well, it's alone time with God, free from distractions. Now, let me, let me just throw this in. Let me chase a rabbit. Those of you here in this room that are toying and playing with sin in your life, it's going to come between you and that alone time with God. Just like a guilty person doesn't want to be in the presence of a policeman. Just like a guilty child doesn't want to be in the presence of its parent. You know, I like seeing policemen. I like having policemen around. I, I, I like policemen. And I like to talk to them. My parents, when I was well behaved, I liked being around them. So be careful. If you're living in sin, you're going to particularly struggle with this whole idea. So what are you going to do? You're going to give up praying and and just indulge yourself in whatever sin it is, secret or public. You don't want to do that. You're falling for a lie. So a long time with God, free from distractions. Again, some people don't like to be alone with God because the first thing that comes to their mind is where they were last night and what they were doing. So you, you, you you, you clean up your life and you go to God in prayer and ask him to help you clean it up. Its privacy promotes meditation and heart scrutiny. You're free from distractions. It's just you and him, just like it was me and Bob Taylor. Nobody distracting us. We had a heart-to-heart talk. Need to have that heart-to-heart talk with God. It favors the confession of such sins as are individual. We all have our own individual sins. Don't let that keep you from God. Let that drive you to God. And ask his forgiveness. And ask him to give you guidance and wisdom to overcome them. So real quickly as we conclude, how do you develop this secret prayer life? I don't have that secret prayer life or that private prayer life. Three things real quick. Number one, develop a prayer list. 
I have my prayer list on my phone because I always have my phone with me and I have an app on here where I can just write or type in, you know, as things go. And I've done that with some of you before. You've told me about something you want to pray about. I'll put my phone out and that's where I keep it. It's always with me. It's very convenient. You know, I could write it on paper like my wife does, but I lose the paper. I'm not going to lose this phone. It's too expensive to lose, but I can lose this sheet of paper. When you make a prayer list, you, you start realizing you, you have some important things to pray for. And the prayer list includes needs of others, but it's your own needs as well that you put on there, things that you're struggling with. Develop a prayer list. Number two, designate a prayer place. A prayer place, a, a place that you're just comfortable praying. For me, one of the best places, it's not the only place, it's just my easy chair in the morning before the sun comes up. That's just a wonderful place. And then number three, it ties in, determine a prayer time when you can be alone. The key with secret prayer is being alone. You with God. Can you imagine the good that could come to you when it's just you and God? There will be some praise to give to him at that time. And there will probably be some sins to confess to him at that time. Both of which are good. Both of which are needed. Alone time with God. Properly understood and properly appreciated, it could be, in fact, I would predict your favorite time of the day. Could be, for me, it works best early in the morning way before the sun comes up. For you, it might be after everybody else is in bed, tuck the kids in. It might be on a lunch break. You, you know, there, there's times I've driven to the park here during the day just, just for times of, of private prayer. The value of that is unbelievable. Determine a prayer time when you can be alone and try to make it regularly every, every day. Read the story about a man who was visiting the United States, and this was back in the day when they had telephone booths. You know, you'd go in, you'd sit down, you'd shut the little folding door. But this man really wasn't familiar with the, uh, the phone booths here in our country, but he was in this phone booth. It's getting dark, and, you know, they used to have the, uh, the phone book attached there, a little chain or whatever, and you could open it. He's, kids don't even know what a phone book is. I'm thinking about that all of a sudden. <laughs> a phone book. It used to have phone numbers in it, okay? And it even had yellow pages. Can you imagine that? What a novel idea. But anyway, he was trying to find a number in his phone book, but it's dark in there, and he's looking around like for a light, and someone passing by saw his, his struggle and told him, said, look, when you shut the door, the light will come on. And he shut the door, and the light came on. When you and I shut the door, the light will come on. But not until we shut the door. How could you possibly excuse no secret prayer life? How could you possibly think that that's a good idea? Oh, it's going to require some discipline. That's true. We're in America. We're not used to discipline. It's going to require some character. Oh, that's right. In this culture, we're not exactly known for character. But folks we got to do it. We've got to do it. And look, you may mess up. You may go good for a month and may mess up for a week or whatever. That's okay. Just, just keep doing it. Understand that's the goal. That, that's the aim. I like this quote from Spurgeon, and we're done. He says, public prayer. Remember the Lord condemned 
the Pharisees for their public prayer. They were just making a show, and he knew it. He knew their, you know, he can see in their hearts. He knew they were being hypocritical. He wasn't guessing. He wasn't supposing. He knew better than they knew. So Spurgeon says public prayer is no evidence of piety or godliness. It is practiced by an abundance of hypocrites. But private prayer is a thing for which the hypocrite has no heart. That is a fabulous quote. Hypocrites are all well and good with public prayers, being seen, being heard, impressing people. We, we, we are due much better than that. We need much better than that. It's our alone time with God. When we go in, we shut the door, and the light comes on. Just you and God. That's something we ought to value as an unmeasurable worth. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.